snorts oh, are very you snorted loud. already? I know. Oh, I just, doesn't I, take long. I'm usually the snorter. Well, I'm terrible. <laughs> I don't even know where it comes from though. It's under like it's in pressured environments. <laughs> I don't. It's usually the more funny I find something, the more likely like I am to snort, snort. and to the point that there can sometimes be a few in succession <laughs> if I'm. Really <laughs> and it's we got worse as I get older. <laughs> can we have it all? Real conversations on navigating your 30s and 40s, leaving the 9 to 5 and being a working mum, inspiring you to take that leap to do what you truly want to. I run my own business, Weblog UK, which was grown out of Weblog North and founded the Northern Blog Awards. I guess I could be deemed a mum boss, still deciding whether I like that term or not. And yeah, I left my nine to five about four years ago now on my first maternity leave. The guests that I bring on here will be people who have their own journeys of leaving a more traditional kind of working environment and pursuing their own creative careers. Keep in touch and find my blog and other channels at hollygoeslightly.co.uk. Okay, so welcome Anna. Hello, Holly. Um, so lovely to have you on here. It's always nice when I have an actual real life friend on here as well. <laughs> real life friend. <laughs> not that everybody previously hasn't been a real life friend. Well, they, do you know what I mean? They're your imaginary friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I do feel like just jumping the gun a bit, that probably leads on nicely to how we met. Yeah. Which was that I very much pursued you to, to make <laughs> to you your friend. <laughs> And here we are. You did it in a very pleasant way. That well, you made that sound slightly creepy. And it wasn't. I'm so glad because I always do worry that it was a little bit creepy. No, no. But yeah, I um, just for anyone listening for a bit of context, I followed Anna's work through um, a mutual friend who was our wedding photographer. Yeah, Emma. Yeah, Emma and Pete, um, who are amazing. Um, when I was down in London, I knew you were up here, and I just loved your work. And then. When we had Flo, our first, um, you had started doing family photography and lifestyle photography, which we'll get on to. And I was like, this is my chance to meet her, to finally. And as I had hoped and dreamed, we did become friends. Yeah, we clicked, straight, away, we? Yeah, straight away. Straight yeah, away. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. So that's how we met. Yeah, I'm and really pleased you were. <laughs> you were really great. I pursued you. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't at all. You were charming from the off. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Thank you. That's my quote. Now it'll be better. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. then you, yeah. Now you do try to avoid it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd love having you on because um, it's really nice to talk to different women with different careers. And because I think, you know, my industry at the moment is in blogging and influencing and I've talked um, to a couple of people about that. We've had an amazing chef who runs supper clubs on here and I'm just really interested about your journey to becoming a photographer and well tell us where it all started and what did you do before all of this? Okay well it started kind of fairly accidentally initially I genuinely never even picked up any kind of proper camera until I was in my early 20s um, I was um, I did an English degree and then went on to be an English teacher so I taught in a secondary school which I really really loved and didn't intend to leave in the long term I just left it temporarily to go backpacking and my camera which was a rubbish camera um, just a sort of you know pocket thing crap thing that broke when I was in Nepal and at the same time that I got a tax rebate and cameras are super cheap over there so it's like it's like, yeah <laughs> and there was quite a hot man who has it oh, <laughs> <So> okay. <laughs> no, he let me out. borrow his SLR and I was like I was I probably so yeah so I was slightly <laughs> more interested in it I was like suddenly I'm interested in photography but um no he was <laughs> he would let me borrow his camera sometimes um because we were all there were a big group of us all traveling together Together. and uh, so I kind of bought because I'd enjoyed taking pictures on the, it was and it was a film SLR um, I thought right I'm gonna get one so I bought one in thinking Kathmandu and then um, just was hooked uh, so the whole rest of the time I was traveling I was taking pictures on it and getting them printed as we went because they were film cameras so, so I was getting exciting. more processed yeah I miss those days I know it made my backpack really heavy <laughs> though. Yeah, it true. wasn't very practical. But yeah, it was really, yeah, it's the best thing, like opening the envelope yeah. and not knowing what you're going to see. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And um, and so then when I came back, I kind of, uh, it, it sort of, I hadn't thought about doing it as a career, but um, not long after I got back, I then had my son, Joe, um, and I sort of having a young child, and by that point, I'd been taking, I'd sort of been taking up more pictures when I got home for fun, and then took more pictures from, of Joe, and people started saying, oh, you should do something with it, and I thought, well, maybe I should. So it was just a really sort of accidental thing. And teaching, I didn't feel was... Well, obviously, it is feasible to do if you're a parent, because yeah. plenty of parents do it. But it's so... You know, particularly like secondary English, it's the amount of marking and prep. And I'm sure it's the same for other, most other subjects as well. Um, it just doesn't leave room for anything else. And yeah. mentally and emotionally, it's so taxing. Um, and so <clears throat> I kind of didn't feel that it sat... I didn't feel as comfortable with that as a job now I'd got. It was fine when it was the most important thing in my life, but once I had a child, yeah. then suddenly it wasn't, you know, I didn't, I couldn't justify spending that amount of time and energy on it. So I kind of got like a, just a real easy admin job that was just yeah. like a bill payer that didn't take up any mental space yeah. so I could build the photography business alongside it. Um, and I did that for sort of about a year and a half okay. and then went full-time with photography after that. And you went, did you go straight into wedding photography was it? Yeah and if I'm being completely honest, um, I've, I mean I've never been kind of the sort of person who goes all like oh my god I love weddings, like, I, I love people, Yeah. Um, the actual wedding you know frills and all the rest of it I'm just not but if I'm being completely honest, I thought that's my most reliable way I'm going to be able to make a living from it. Yeah. Um, as it turned out, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I kind of thought that was my best route in, in terms of making a living. That was my best chance. And I think you quite quickly, I don't know whether it's consciously, probably not consciously, stamped your style onto wedding photography. Because I remember that, you know, when I came across you, it was quite unusual to have that kind of reportage, very documentary style wedding photography and not so much the kind of posed, yeah. you know, pictures. So was that something that you kind of went out with deliberately or was that just the sort of photos you were enjoying taking? I think I, think I was probably quite lucky in a lot of respects in that myself and a few handful of others, because this, this is going back kind of 12 years and now documentary wedding photographers are everywhere yeah. you know it's sort of no one is surprised at having natural wedding photographs but 12 years ago it wasn't really it was sort of the it was things were changing yeah. and there also weren't that many female wedding photographers either it was you know largely a male dominated industry some would argue it still possibly is but there's yeah. certainly there's a huge amount of us now um really really amazing female photographers so what made you know, us perhaps special back then, you know, yeah. it was, I think, well, hopefully my pictures were all right, but but as well, it, there was a lot of being, you know, it, it, I think I was fortunate to start then when a female photographer shooting in a relaxed style was more of a sort of, more of a rarity than it is now. Yeah. And I think people, yeah, just feeling more comfortable having that sort of style and yeah. So, yeah but it was sorry I've completely forgotten the no, question no I just wobbling up. you developing your style and I think yeah. it, like you say it was 10-12 years ago and it was you know incredibly unique back then mm. um, but I guess it was nice to go into a career where you were kind of being yourself I guess and yeah. like enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, and get and, and that being the sort of thing that it was people were booking you for so it was nice but you know what I, I still think it I think that's such an important thing in any business is to to not necessarily pay attention to industry trends but just kind of shoot how you want to shoot or, or set up your business in whatever way you want to whether it's photography or anything else um, I think people will always latch on to things that that are genuine they can tell when something's sort of like affected yeah. or it's just being made because it's like the new trend yeah or whether it's actually how someone really Genuinely loves to do you. something yeah. yeah so and I think people sniff that out I agree and yeah. I do think there is there's business for everybody isn't there I feel yeah. like especially yeah. in the way that we can market these days and reach people mm. I do think you know 
there's an audience for everyone so even yeah. if it isn't the most kind of on trend popular train that seems to be mm. you know everybody wants then there, there will be an audience for your niche as well and I think yeah I guess that was shown 10-12 years ago when when this kind of photography mm. was starting and now that's become way more the mainstream this is the thing I think it's interesting because when when I first started that was how me and a few others wanted to shoot kind of naturally but then it sort of became like the sort of you know that's what the it was sort of I hate the word, like trends yeah, <laughs> like yeah, in yeah. the industry yeah. that's sort of like alternative photography but then you get a lot of people trying to shoot in that style if it's not their natural style yeah. and but actually the thing is it's not that that's the best way to shoot actually there were there were always have been and always would be plenty of photographers who didn't remote who still shot in like a traditional style yeah. or an elegant style or a very posed style that that were doing and still are doing incredibly well, mm. producing amazing work with really loyal clients. Yeah. They didn't, just because the industry suddenly went, oh, this cool new thing of like yeah. more relaxed photography, doesn't mean that like, okay, so now all photographers have just to shoot that way. Yeah. And I think it, it sort of works both ways. You know, you, you can, don't be too much of a slave to sort of what's the sort of hot new thing in your yeah. industry. It, by all means do if that's what you would actually choose and always would have done whether it was the cool thing or not yeah but but there'll come a time when it won't be cool anymore yeah you know it's it, everything's transient in Absolutely. business and I think to sort of once you start trying to follow particular trends or fads um it, it might serve you well in the short term but you're kind of going to come a cropper in the long term because nothing stays yeah the cool thing for very long and and indeed there was like a sort of backlash against that and things as you know so it's kind of I think the main thing is to just really try and pay attention to what you personally enjoy yeah and what feels right to you and like you say there's there is enough business for everyone it can yeah. feel like there's not sometimes but there is just as as people like with friends there are enough friends to go around you know yeah, so you're yeah, not yeah. going to be everyone's cup of tea yeah that's absolutely fine you don't need everyone to be your friend no you just need some people just, to, just, to you seek know. people out yeah you, you just really, need really to want them to be a friend just pursue them for a little while and it will happen exactly and so you do that you hunt those guys <laughs> right don't, don't take no for an answer i'll do a separate podcast <laughs> on that another time but no yeah i think it's just um people it's so difficult to not feel that pressure to yeah. kind of conform to whatever the industry is shouting about at that time but it you will serve yourself and your business so much better in the long run if you just I know it sounds cheesy like you want to stay true to yourself yeah. but like it is true it is true yeah and I think and like you say it shines through and people sniff out when you feel uncomfortable mm. or you know if you're not exactly. genuine about what you're doing I think it it comes across, it's no fun to be like that. You know, I've been there yeah. before where you're sort of trying to pretend to be something yeah. you're not. And or, you're second guessing everything, like, yeah. am I getting this right? Or and it's just yeah. a horrible feeling, isn't yeah. it? And it's just yeah. not worth it. So yeah. um, I think it's really useful. So you talked about having a kind of admin job on the side for about mm -hmm. 18 months. So yeah. was there a kind of light bulb moment or what, what made you think actually now's the time to go and do this? time okay so I had to uh, at every point during this I had to be earning a full-time wage okay. so um, it wasn't feasible in my home situation to to not do that so um, I kind of for a while it was fine my my day job I was kind of I purposefully picked something that was like just enough to pay the bills but it wasn't any more taxing than that so my bills were covered just so anything I earned then from the photography, I could put back into the business. So that's how I bought my kit and, you know, and sort of computers and all the rest of it and sort of did that. And then once I'd kind of got it all set up, then any money I was getting from photography, I'd sort of built as like a little cushion to nice. see me through then, yeah. you know, when, when I'd make the switch. And I was kind of hoping that my earnings from photography would just keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher until they would neatly equal my day yeah. job earnings and then I'd go oh great time to switch over yeah, yeah, not yeah. even notice any difference but th there's sort of you can only do so much and it's like that whole thing of you know fish growing to the size of the tank you put them in it's yeah. the same like if you've only got a certain small number of hours to do something you 
there's a ceiling. You're on, only going to go so far. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of have to. And I found that I hit that ceiling and I just couldn't push past it. And it was yeah. like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> this is yeah. So I realised I was then at some point, well, so I, I needed to change tactic. It wasn't going to just do that. So I built up a little cushion. I think it was, it wasn't that much. It was enough for, I think, three months, two, three months okay. of kind of, like if I earn nothing, yeah. I've got enough now to pay Take bills girls. for two or three months. Yeah. So it wasn't a huge cushion, but it was a reasonable one. Um, and I'd got certain things booked in. Yeah. So I, as well as that cushion, I knew I'd got like Some bits. Up. Yeah. But it wasn't enough mm -hmm. to, to pay for everything. But I just knew that I'd done as much as I could working in the evenings and night time and, you know, weekends. So um, I was umming and ahhing and then I went on a course down... Oh no, it was up in the Lake District actually. And then um, a guy on the course said was talking about he had left a job in finance right. to become a wedding photographer. Um, he's called Stuart Randall. He now actually owns a wedding album company, Folio okay. Albums. He's okay. a really lovely guy, and he's yeah, they're um, they're they're a brilliant company. That's who I use for my albums now. But he's he's very interesting, you know, to hear speak. Yeah. Um, and he's done, he's made an amazing sort of wedding photography business, and then changed to do, he stopped wedding photography, does albums. But yeah. he was talking about the point where you make that thing, and he said, "Oh, you know, it is a case of leap, and the net will appear. You've got to make that. that." And it's really that's one of the biggest things that's kind of stuck in my head the whole time. Yeah. And, not just at the beginning, but it happens a lot now, like when I'm making changes to my business or trying new things, or like when I stop weddings to focus on families, yeah. that there's not just one point where you have to make that leap in your own business, as you, you know, there's, yeah. there's lots of points where you have to have a bit of a leap of faith. Um, but I do think, as that sort of phrase suggests, a lot of time, if you throw yourself into it with full commitment, and full focus then and, and also because you have to bloody make it work yeah it's like well it's this like can't but yeah driver is there yeah exactly so you do it you know and when you don't have that need yeah you might think you're doing everything but you probably aren't yeah. doing as much as you would if you like really need to do yeah. Yeah. yeah i think that's really interesting and i think probably most people that i've spoken to who are interested in leaving their nine to five jobs or starting a business of their own I think it's that leap that yeah. is everybody's so fearful of yeah and actually I don't know my I was a little bit different to you in that I kind of was sort of suddenly put in that position you know mm. being made redundant um but you know I still could have gone back and got a yeah. sort of more regular job but I took that as my sort of leap yeah and so it's good because someone gives you a little push but I do think that until you are in a position where you can say yes to more things mm. where you can you know explore ideas have meetings talk to people that's when for me I think the magic happens and absolutely like you said when you're you know, even if you feel like you've got loads of time or flexible time or evenings and weekends, you do hit that ceiling mm. and there's only so far you can go and you do have to say no to things mm. and you, you know, have to work around your main job. So I think, yeah, taking that leap is the hardest bit, but it's also the most exciting bit because you can mm. start to actually get somewhere. Yeah, and I think as well, one big bit of advice that I think relating to that leap because I think you're absolutely right. It's fear of that leap that I think stops a lot of people from making a change to their career or their lifestyle or whatever it is. But I don't like... It's not like that leap is just it there in isolation. Like, you're just one minute you're stood there and the next you have to make this massive leap. Yeah. Um, I think, like, before I got to that point where I was like, okay, I need to now decide do I make the leap or not, I, I'd done you know two years worth of loads Brand of other work. stuff like that wasn't sort of just suddenly me going I'm going to be a photographer yeah do yeah, I just yeah. do the leap yeah. make the leap and do it now yeah like there was so much and and also like I say it's not like once you've done it it's like well that's done then my business has changed so often and so frequently um you know sometimes because I wanted it to sometimes because it just because it, it happened yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. exactly and you're constantly it's not I think if you think of starting your own business is just this kind of one leap from where you are now 
to the business is done, it's created, it's running, it's successful. It's just that just doesn't happen. No. Like your business is never a finished product. You're never kind of gone. I mean, yeah, you might get to a point where you think this is great now, it's working how well. Yeah. But there'll always be changes in the pipeline and things you want to do, change or grow. So, and I think if you think of it in terms of this big leap from where you are now to where you hope you will be in five years, it seems so overwhelming and yeah. undoable that you just like you don't do it. It's yeah. paralyzing. Yes, yeah. you know, and I think instead. Like you just said um, a minute ago, it's about doing like the lots of the little things. I think if it's more about just start to do more of what you enjoy. Yeah. It just little things or like little steps towards it. Don't be thinking about how what it's going to be like when you're running your own business. Yeah. Just think, what do I want more of in my life, yeah. and how can I start doing a little bit more of that? And it could be just like an evening class, or it could be just like you know a little bit. But each thing leads on to the next thing, which leads on to the next thing, which leads and and also it often the thing that you the route you think you're gonna take isn't like so after a couple of steps you might go, Oh, actually I'm I've noticed this now. And yeah. you kind of it, it branches off. There are lots of different routes. And that's and what I mean when I when I was saying mm. about being able to say yes to things because yeah. you know, yeah. you never know who you're gonna meet mm. or what coffee you can say yes to and an opportunity that might arise totally that you have no idea exactly. could be a thing and yeah. suddenly you're able to say yes and so I, yeah. yeah I do think that's kind of the exciting part of it and I think you're right a business is never fully finished and if mm. that's what you want you're probably in the wrong kind of yeah. space you know most people who want to run their own businesses or are creative are creative because they love that growth and the yeah. and the changing um, so you've mentioned a couple of times briefly that your business has changed. So you stopped wedding photography, was it last year now? Yeah, I, I stopped taking bookings a year or two before that, but because people book you so far in advance, you um, I kind of, when I made the decision, I still had weddings booked in like a year and a half, two years later. So um, yeah, it, it started winding down in maybe, when was it? maybe 2016, around then. Um, I stopped taking wedding bookings and then I shot my last wedding last, pretty much like a year today yeah. almost, um, last, yeah, July, anyway, yeah, about a year yeah. ago, yeah, and, um, and so yeah, why did you do that? Um, a combination of realising, I, I, I've been shooting families for quite a number of years alongside weddings and initially it just started that, that, that couples who I'd photographed them went on to have families and then they would... I'd shot their wedding and they'd asked me back to do, you know, family pictures with their kids. And I just loved it. I, so it was, again, like talking about how you, you don't expect your business to change. Yeah. Like I just found that I really, really enjoyed that. And then when I was shooting weddings, I kept finding myself gravitating towards the kids because yeah. I found them the most fun to photograph. Um, and yeah, just realising that, realising that actually this is what I'm really enjoying. Plus weddings is you know, so many weekends, and I started after, you know, 10 years as a wedding photographer, it's a long time, you know, a lot of wedding photographers don't do it for that long, yeah. because it's it's crappy hours, yeah. you know, um, and it's hard to sustain in the long term, um, not for everyone, but, you know, many people find it tricky to sustain in yeah. the long term, those kind of hours, um, particularly if you've got kids of your own. Yeah. Um, it's a young girl's game. <laughs> You're still young. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we both know that's not true. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so just wanting more time with my own kids. Des again, designing the business around what how I want my life in general to be. Not yeah. just my life isn't just my business. I want to have time with my children, and I want to have time just to do nothing or other things. Yeah. Or just have fun. It doesn't. Yeah, so I stopped shooting weddings now, uh, solely photograph families. Um, I do some commercial work as well, sometimes small independent businesses yeah. and brands. Um, and then I do a lot of education for other photographers as well. So I do like mentoring and workshops yeah. for photographers who are setting up their, biz their own businesses to help that's them amazing. do that. Mm. Well, and I think that's, it's like you were saying, you know, you've taken that leap to be a photographer and then further along your journey, you, you've created mm. steps to then take that leap to yeah. you know, do family yeah. photography. And I think, like you said, there's all the, all these little kind of pivots, I guess, yeah, and changes. Yeah. 
um, that you do, you know, it, it's never that kind of, like you say, that just jumping off a cliff leap. Mm. It is always the steps that are getting you there. Yeah. Um, and that's the good thing about working for yourself is that yeah. you can kind of create those pathways yeah. and create that timeline for yourself yeah. um, to work around you. So you said, you mentioned when you had your first child, but you've got two boys, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> so what does your kind of days look like? So how do you juggle being a mum and running your own business. <laughs> uh, well, put in a fairly chaotic way, I think. Yeah. I suppose. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm a single mum. My eldest son is uh, Joe. He's 14. Ooh, yeah. Proper teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, my little one, Huey, is four. Nearly five. He'll be five next month. Um, well, just over next month and um yeah so joe i have with me sort of 12 days out of 14 his dad mm -hmm. has him every other weekend so all weekdays in terms of like my typical weekday i've always joe joe's always there my 14 year old being hormonal all over the place <laughs> um, and then huey um his dad has him half the time so some weekdays i have him some days i don't i always have at least one child yeah, yeah. um but joe's obviously at an age now where he's sort of you know he dresses himself and yeah he's kind of less oh, requires God. less well, yeah there's a you lot of whinging but yeah. he requires less sort of like practical maintenance yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Whereas Huey's obviously at the age where, you know, he needs constant attention. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, mornings generally, it's just a sort of rush to get them out of bed and dressed. And Joe cycles to school. He gets himself to school. Um, Huey, I drop at the childminder. He starts school in September. Yeah. But I would drop him to the childminder. He lives around the corner. And then, yeah, work for the day at home or go out to shoots if I've got them. And then at sort of around four, then collect Huey and then my time from sort of four till Huey's bedtime which is well supposed to be seven yeah, <laughs> there yeah. is, um, is sort of my time with the kids mm -hmm. um, probably slightly more focusing on Huey just because he takes a bit more attention we'll all always make sure we have dinner together and then once Huey's in bed then I've got time with Joe and yeah. you know we can chill together for a bit if he's if he can tolerate he can, yeah. being around me or yeah. vice versa. Fair. And so, are you quite good now at your evenings being your evenings? No, no. <laughs> um, in an ideal world, yeah, I'm. I've become much better at setting boundaries and realizing that I kind of need like a separate space to work. I need, you know, this is the computer's going off. This is my time with the kids. But what I'm so I, and I, and I, I guess I'm good at like between say four and seven at least, or a bit later if I do something with Joe, um, that's just my time with the children. Yeah. And I do have Hugh on Fridays as well, so um, I do have time with them. But the what I, I'm terrible for doing is once Joe kind of, Hughie's asleep and Joe then wants to go and do something else, I often go back to the computer and work. But yeah. But I do find that I'm quite creative in the evenings. I kind of, my brain switches back on again a bit that's at nice. about nine. So. It's probably not the best, but often I can kind of get into a bit of a groove with it. Then. I'm a bit like that, a bit mm. of a night owl. And yeah. I think, and again, I think this is the thing. If you're looking f to work for yourself for it to be the kind of easy option mm. or the less hours, like it's not the right part no. for you because you definitely <laughs> don't work less. You no. might work more flexibly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, often, especially in those formative years of your business, and obviously depending what business is, mm. but often you will be working in those spare moments and there's always more work to do. Yeah, so yeah. You never go, oh, brill, well, well done. done. Done for the week. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I think you do have to become quite strict with yourself to try and achieve yeah. that bit of work-life balance. And, I mean, this is what the podcast is all about. Can mm. we have it all? Because, mm. you know, we're always trying to juggle and... The, generally the reason that we're in this sort of work or working for ourselves is for flexibility or is yeah. for more work-life balance is to yeah. be with our families but then your kind of social time is often taken up working so yeah. it is, yeah. it's really hard to kind of draw that line it, so. it is it's definitely I mean I feel that for me the benefits massively outweigh the negatives um, mainly for the flexibility like I yeah. can choose you know often there's work that needs to be done there's a certain number of hours it's going to take but I can choose which those hours if I want to do it 
from midnight till 3 a.m. Yeah, you know, you I'll feel crap the next day, but yeah. I can do it. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I can jiggle things around, like if the, kid, the kids are ill and, you know, need to be at home or so. It's, and now in the summer with holidays and things, I can kind of, I'm not relying on someone approving and yeah. will leave and things yeah, like that. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely, you, well, for example, I've just been away for a few days and I'm about to go away again for a few days. Um, I, I will ha I do and have to check my email while I'm away. Yeah. It's like I put my out of office on, but I still have to check it to in check case it. there's something urgent, um, you know, and you kind of have to sort of keep on top of it a bit. So there's never a time when it's like, right, yeah, total zone now. Completely forget about it. If you've got someone else in the business, you probably can. But yeah. for me, it's just me. So I kind of, you know, some might argue, no, you can do it. But I wouldn't. I feel more relaxed just taking that, even if it's just fifteen minutes, yeah, to just, just to kind of go right. Through. Okay, yeah, and um, it, yeah, it's it's just a bit of a juggle. But I think I've found planning has massively helped with separating sort of getting a healthier work-life balance okay. because I used I never used to plan so mm. I'd always just have this massive to-do list of things in no particular order of stuff that I should be you know should be doing yeah and I'd just look at this list constantly going oh my god oh my god and what, adding you know? to it. Yeah, yeah and like and, and not really being sure what order to do it in whereas the last sort of few years I've become really good at planning so I do annual planning quarterly planning monthly planning nice. weekly planning daily planning so Amazing. I kind of break them all down yeah and it's it's all sort of prioritize it so I no longer have one massive great big master to-do list yeah. it's all different sort of and it's all prioritized and it's all in goals and it's all been planned that that's so there is stuff that I know I could be doing yeah but it's in next quarter, so I'm just not. I'm thinking, well, do you know what? Yeah, I could be doing it, but I'm not going to now. Yeah. So as long do. as yeah. I like that. And what? Do, and how do you physically plan? Do you use an app, or do you use your desktop, or do you? Good yeah, old really. Writing? I kind of design my own little system for it, really. Um, but I also, I do use. It's not particularly environmentally friendly, but use recycled <laughs> but post-it notes. Ah, nice. Because yeah. rather than writing on a list where it's just like a long. Yeah. This, it's hard to see like what the priority is, which things need, you and know, and if you add things, yeah. yeah, and even if you do it digitally, so you can insert, it's still just, it, it just something about looking at this page yeah. of things, where it's writing separate notes on separate posts, and you can then move them around yeah. and rejig the order, and I separate them out into different I months, like and yeah, it it's really dorky, but I, it massively helps. I mean, this is obviously why we're friends, because I'm yeah. posted, I mean, I'm sat here with my giant Kindred post dorks. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, my giant post-it pad here and yeah I'm mm. the same because I do think things obviously do slot in and as, as much as you might be organized you might mm. have to re yeah. do things and that's a really nice kind of visual way of doing it so yeah I love that um okay so what does success mean to you now um well that sounds really cheesy but to be honest I mean it kind of change it changes so often. I think it's just whatever makes you happy, surely. Yeah. You know, if you feel happy, it doesn't really matter what your work's doing or your money's doing or you know, it, it and that'll be different for different people, you know. People are happy in different situ work situations, different friendship situations, different relationship situations. Everything's so personal and you change all the time mm. so kind of what success might have looked like to me a year ago isn't necessarily what it looks like to me now yeah my main barometer <coughs> excuse me is just do I feel happy and if I don't feel happy about something whatever that is with to work or otherwise then I'll try and do something about it yeah to, you know make it better or change it yeah. so um uh, that's cheesy but true like I'm I just think, yeah, surely that's all that's we all want. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's just to be happy and just to listen to that and listen to your gut with it. I and think that's really important. Not what you feel like you should be doing or what your mates are doing or your parents or are doing. Social social or everyone in, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just, and there's no, and even if it makes them happy, that's not to say it'll make you happy, you know, and sometimes the things that you think you're going to really enjoy are a bit of a letdown and vice versa. So I kind of, I have a fairly experimental yeah. <laughs> attitude to life and I, love that. I don't I kind of think well I'll try it and if and again like we were saying before it's not 
very few things are just like one massive decision. There's yeah. like little bit you can try, and I love that you use the word like pivot before. Yeah. It's not about constantly rethinking whole goals. It's being like just Adaptable. taking that step and, some, and just pivoting on it slightly or like yeah. you know, just reading the situation, your response to it, your opportunities and keeping your kind of like receptors open to stuff. And it's funny once you start doing more of what you actually enjoy and what makes you happy, all these funny, you suddenly start having like weird conversations with people where yeah. something happens or this, and it, everyone I know that says the same, like yeah. it's true. It's like, I don't know whether it's, I don't know, without getting all new age, on it, but it's like you kind of open up a new frequency yeah, and you absolutely. start noticing things and opportunities start coming your way. But if you're closed off to it, you just, you just, it's you just probably, don't see you don't it. See them. Yeah. I don't think it's that, like, you know, suddenly it's like this magic thing and you're magicking all this stuff towards you. But I think but it is what they say that sort of what you give out, you get back. And I, yeah, I, you're more in tune with it. Yeah. You notice it. Those things probably still would have happened, but yeah. you would just overlook it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like they always say with, you know, the thing of like noticing if you suddenly say, okay, now try and go, oh, well, some, someone mentioned that the other day and suddenly I'm noticing yeah. it. It's not that those things have just magicked into your life. They would have, you'd, they'd have gone past you anyway. Yeah. You just wouldn't have noticed them yeah. because your you mind hadn't really, yeah. yeah. And I do think that when you start just doing more of what you love and what you enjoy and just following what makes you happy a bit more, more opportunities to build on that just start, well, I don't think more opportunities happen. You just notice them you more. Notice them. And you, yeah, you're able to act on them more. So if I was to ask you where you'd like to be in five years' time, is that yeah, more of the same? Happy. <laughs> yeah. Just, and see, you know, you're quite open to, you're not in a fixed place of where you think your business should no. or you want it to be. No. I've got things, I mean, I do, like I said, I do plan, I have yearly goals because I think that's kind of short-term enough that I know what I want to be doing, what I need to be doing in the next year. Yeah. And I do think... I think like three to five years in terms of very loosely, yeah. in terms of the, but even then it's not so much what do I want to be doing, it's how do I want to sort of feel I guess, or yeah. what do, if there are any big changes, but I don't plan in any detail based on kind of like three, you know, longer than that, yeah. I think it's good to have that idea, but I'm very aware that in a year's time that might be different yeah. which is why I think it's important to plan yearly yeah. because you can make these three to five year goals and it's good to do that because it gives you a sort of a bit of a spark and excitement and yeah. something sort of a bit sparkly and far you know yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of like a, just out of your reach yeah. yeah to work towards but you kind of need to break that down then into yeah like annual goals and then yeah. break that down into quarterly and because even the annual goal will seem intimidating and undoable which is we've got to break it down just start taking those little steps and you'll probably find as you go that those goals will change or take you in different directions but the most important thing is just putting one foot in front of the other I think absolutely and I think now with like social media and we talked to, you know touched on it that kind of comparison I think the problem is with so many people who are starting out is your comparing your kind of beginning steps of your journey to someone's like yeah, end and someone who's yeah, already exactly. made it because and you think oh god that I'm never going to get there yeah. and it might be your five-year goal and that just seems so big that you're like oh I'm never going to get there yeah, and, yeah. and actually you don't need to quite be that planned with it no and just no. like say one foot in front of the other yeah and see where see yeah. where it takes you I think we're I think everyone in general and particularly women I think we're real overthinkers, you know, I think we have a tendency to kind of overthink everything and worry about all the last details and I think sometimes just thinking too far ahead and overthinking too big a change, it just, like I say, it paralyses you, yeah. it's, it's really inhibiting because you just can't imagine, it. it's too much and so I do just think just little, little things like what can you do today or this week that will just that you'll enjoy yeah that literally that's it yeah you know or if you think you might want to start a business like what's one thing you could just do this week or just to get the ball rolling with something in some way it doesn't need to even be it could just be like li listening to a podcast yeah about starting your own business or yeah exactly. <laughs> holly's is the best one yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um you know or just it doesn't have to be these big overwhelming steps or or it could even just be like 
thinking what name you might call the business. Just yeah. you don't have to decide or register it, but just yeah. think, oh, this week I'm gonna have a little daydream about yeah, what it might be. Mood board or, or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And but then once you do that one thing, it'll suggest me, and before you know it, you're like, oh. I'm kind of doing it now. Yeah, that's it. And I think loads of people don't realise that they probably are doing it. You know, they think you're oh, already doing it's it. It's all you yeah. focus on that big moment where you go, oh, I'm leaving yeah. my job or whatever. But actually, if you think about it, you probably have been taking those steps. The fact that yeah. you're even thinking about exactly. it means yeah. that you're in those steps anyway. Yeah. So it's probably not as far yeah. flung as you think it might yeah. be. And it's one of those things as well where, like, if you're waiting for, if you're seeing, like, the, say, like, the taking the plunge to going full time as being, like, the end goal. Yeah. Then you know you get what's going to happen is you'll take the plunge and you'll go oh, oh shit this is actually yeah. just the beginning now I've got like this other big thing yeah, to yeah, do yeah. so it's kind of like never end. so I think definitely don't think in terms of like final goals yeah. that it's just a series of steps that probably won't ever really end yeah you just just decide what's the next step and by yeah. always look a couple of steps ahead to think where might I want to be focusing my energy right now but it's really just a step at a time same with anything yeah you know I love that mm. I feel like I could talk to you for ages about this so many like <laughs> things going on in my head I feel like we'll have to have like a, a session too um but just to kind of finish off on a few more kind of quick fire but not quick mm -hmm. fire but what's the best and worst thing about working for yourself I think best thing like we sort of said is the flexibility um being a not having to have someone else's approval to do something if i want to change my business i can if i want to you know fiddle around with my hours then i can yeah. um and uh, and designing it around my family and me that's what make yeah sort of a personalized job i guess yeah. um the hardest again like we say is just not being have being able to switch off from it fully it would yeah. be really nice sometimes to go do you know what i'm just not even gonna yeah. think about it or do it and it's constantly like it's like, like a little screensaver in yeah. your head yeah <laughs> and it's kind of a but you know ultimately you enjoy every job's got its crap bits and good Absolutely. bits you know it's um you just have to think on which balance which is yeah, yeah and I find the benefits outweigh it for me but it's not for everyone I think the uncertainty as well of you know you're in, not having a predictable income actually I think that's uh, that is I'm not going to lie that's not yeah. great and some yeah. people cope with that more than others I know some friends are like I would never want to not know what my income's going to be each yeah. month but um, yeah but yeah, that's kind of, yeah. like I say, there's pluses and minus to everything. Mm. Um, how do you personally, I mean, we've talked a little bit about it, but is there something that you do to try and achieve that work-life balance? Yeah, I think realising that it doesn't exist <laughs> is, is Can like we have the it all? first no, thing. <laughs> yeah. um, there's just, I think balance implies that it's like a 50-50, that it's this sort of equilibrium where everything feels really calm and your time at home is calm and your time at work is calm. I think it's just a bit of a, like, not a misnomer, but I just think it's a bit of a kind of, you know, it, it just doesn't really exist. Yeah. I think really good advice in terms of, I know it's often an advice given to, like, kids who won't eat eat their greens and things, so okay. they say they're trying to concentrate on what they're eating in one day, like, think over the course of yeah, a week, yeah. are you kind of, are they getting enough of each food group, etc. And I think that's, it's kind of applicable to this as well, like, some days you're probably going to neglect your business a bit at the expense of something yeah. else, other days you might feel like you've neglected your family at the expense of your business, but on the whole, I try and pay attention to over the course of this week or over the course of this month, yeah. have I given reasonable time to both? And if I feel like, actually, no, this is becoming a bit of a pattern here, then you know I'll something. try and do something about it. But I try, I don't beat myself up anymore if, like, one day I just have to work loads. And, yeah. You know, or all of a sudden I just go, you know, I'm having a day off. Yeah, you know, I really love that. And I think that's, mm. like, a journey that I've been on this last mm. couple of years as well. And I've definitely sort of reaching that place where... You know, there are some days where I just have to accept and I ha more happily accept mm. that I can only be one hat yeah. that day. I can yeah. only be mum that day or I yeah. can only be businesswoman that day or whatever it might yeah. be and actually not beating yourself up about it. Yeah. And like, I really like how you've kind of pictured that mm. of looking at a week or over a month yeah. is generally the balance where you yeah. want it to be because 
if you're, if you're looking at it a day at a time. Oh, it's, it's just no, it's balance. impossible. Yeah. Planning, you know, in a practical sense, I mean, obviously that's a sort of psychological thing, but in a practical sense, like I say, planning, I think, really helps with that because you're making a conscious decision at the start of the week. This is how I'm going to spend my time. I'm blocking this time out for family. Yeah. I'm blocking that time out for work. If you're just deciding on the hoof all the time, right, what now, what now, should I do this, should I, then you're just going to feel like you're doing nothing properly. Yeah, and it makes you feel like crap. Yeah. You feel, you feel exhausted, but yeah. you probably don't even get much done. Yeah. Whereas decide planning in advance and going, this is when I'm going to do all those things. It doesn't always happen, no. but you kind of know when you've gone off track and you yeah. know what you need to pull it back. Yeah. And it, and it uh, yeah, planning helps really with that. Mm. Do you have a book or a podcast um, other than this one um, <laughs> that we should all read or listen to? Or um, I one for for business. Yeah. Um, I found that it's called the One Thing. Okay. I don't completely forgot who is it. Joseph. It's called the one thing, the one thing. yeah, and okay. it's um, it's really good. Um, it, the the whole principle is that, sort of, in a nutshell, like mu everyone thinks multitasking is this great thing, but actually it's the worst thing because yeah. in trying to do lots of things at once, you do nothing effectively and yeah. you just burn out. Yeah. So it's a kind of, um, sort of belief system and practical system that he goes through nice. explaining how to really what you should be asking yourself is like what is the one thing that above anything else will it like either has to be done or will, will move me forward the most because also it's very easy to get sidetracked by things that maybe you fancy yeah, doing like yeah, a bit yeah. fun so and in looking at lots of things, it can feel overwhelming. So it's, it was a really good sort of thing for simplifying and giving you focus and not feeling overwhelmed. It's really, really good. And there's loads of practical advice in it. It's not just like kind that. of like a, yeah. I have to read that. That definitely seems like good. something that I need. Yeah. <laughs> I think I first listened to it as an audio book. Okay. But I liked it so much I then bought a paperback book so that I nice. could revisit like it. So yeah, it. yeah, it's good. Okay, thank you. I'll pop, we'll find out who that is in <laughs> the show notes. And then finally, for any other budding photographers out mm. there, what lens or piece of kit should we all have in our kit bags? A camera. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, um, yeah, lens-wise, my favourite lens, my workhorse lens, is a 35mm Prime um, with a maximum aperture of 1.4, which is so I could. I love it. It's very... so. But I think it's a really good all-rounder. It's slightly wider. It's a slight wide lens, but not very much. It's just sort of, um, just adds, I think it just adds a little bit more sort of drama to the scene than maybe a 50mm. So a but a 50mm lens is also a really good workhorse mm -hmm. lens. 50mm um, lenses will see things as the eye sees them, pretty yeah. much. So it's a good sort of natural lens. And you can get, pri the prime lenses tend to have much uh, wider maximum apertures so you can get that lovely sort of blurred background you know yeah. and all that people like yeah. so but, and 50 mil lenses are really relatively cheap as well yeah. so if, if budget's an issue um they well people they're known as like nifty 50s yeah because they're, yeah. they're just great but yeah. yeah um if you if you're the 35 mil ones tend to be a lot more expensive yeah. i love it but i'd say as a sort of if budget's an issue a 50 mil prime yeah you know, step away from the zooms. You don't need a zoom. It's yeah, just yeah. fixed lens. Yeah, fixed lens, fifty mil, and if you can stretch to it, thirty five. That's like goals. <laughs> and I've realised sat here we didn't play our little game to oh, start no. with, which is usually my icebreaker. But I think we were laughing about snorting, <laughs> so we probably don't need it. But why not finish yes. with it? So do you know the game this or that? No. <laughs> Nobody ever knows this game, so I'll say two things and you have to pick which one it would be. Oh, okay. So, like tea or coffee? Tea. Okay, yeah, yeah, simple. Okay. <laughs> okay. Peanut butter or jam? Oh, both together. Oh, I eat yeah. them together. I know, I love them together. If I had to choose peanut butter, though. Because you can go sweet or savoury with that, too. Yeah, I used to eat them out of the jar. I know, I do. <laughs> Crunchy or smooth? Crunchy? Yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, chips with ketchup or chips with gravy? Ketchup. Oh, yeah. controversial for a northerner. <laughs> uh, white wine or red wine? Red. Night in or night out? Out. <laughs> Beach holiday or snow holiday? Oh. Oh. 
snow. Mm. Yeah. I can see you in the snow. I like uh, snowboarding, but I just don't can't do it as often as a beach holiday. That's yeah. The thing. Beach is enjoyable fun. and easy, more yeah. easier to do, but I do love snowboarding. Yeah. So, yeah. Five star hotel or camping trip? Camping. Work or play? Play. Digital or analog? Well, you see, I want to say analog, <laughs> but actually I shoot digital. Yeah. But I do. I took actually when we went away for a few days. I took like a my Polaroid, and there's just something so nice. Yeah. So, yeah, like at work digital, but actually analog. For is the light, just nice. Love the joy yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, natural or posed? Natural. And finally, toes for fingers or fingers for toes? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have? Toes instead of fingers. Bloody hell, Holly. <laughs> I like how you saved that one till last. <laughs> or, two, or fingers instead of toes. Oh, so God. <laughs> Can you picture it? <laughs> the fact that I'm wiggling my fingers. Super around. creepy. Oh, God. You'd, um, it would have to be... It would have to be fingers for toes. I definitely wouldn't want toes on my hand. It affect you. It would, but also my toes are a bit thick anyway, so I've kind of already got that going on. I can do this. Can you separate your toes? Yeah, look, I'm doing it under the table. Yeah, look. Oh, can you wake up a little toe like that? Yours deformed as I am. Look. Oh, look, we can almost interlock our toes. Oh, that's weird. You see, I bet you didn't expect this to happen. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I can. And look, IQ gets really freaked out when I wave my little toe at him. This is a pleasant surprise. Oh, look, see. We'll have to have more toes. Friendship was meant to be. We've like bonded with our minging toes. So I feel like on that note, we should probably end. And um, sorry, guys, listening. But to finish, where can we all find you? Oh, uh, not like physically. Yeah. I mean, I found you. Yeah. <laughs> Took a long time. But in the digital world, how can we find you? How can we book you? Okay. Um, I, there's my website, which yeah. is anahardy.co.uk. And my, I have Facebook. I have Facebook. <laughs> I have Facebook and Instagram. Uh, they're both the same handle. It's Anna Hardy Photo. Um, I think that's it. Wow. Yeah. And on that sort of fingery, toey <laughs> note, that's weird too. I'm going to wave my toes. Let's, let's wave now. our toes. <laughs> If you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, please, please take a minute to leave me a five-star rating and a review. It really helps um, with getting this podcast found by other amazing women like yourself. So I'd really appreciate it. And if you have any questions that you want answered or that you'd like to submit for future episodes, then please get in touch with me. Check out hollygoeslightly.co.uk for all my social channels and just ping me a DM with your question and it can be anonymous or I can shout you out. So um, yeah, send your questions in.